the very idea of self-esteem probably causes more abject misery than any legitimate medical condition. And even worse, we use it to try and explain or make excuses for everything from coping to confidence. In this episode, Dr. Keshi teaches us about the dangers of self-esteem and what to do about them. Roll the intro! Hello, and welcome to <sighs> Coffee with Cashy. Mm. Titillating titles today, as well as alliteration. Pretty much the best ever. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. Today's lesson is the start of a course on the most dangerous pandemic to ever infect the human race self esteem. Follow along to learn more about it and to rid yourself of it so that you can act resiliently in the face of practically all obstacles, which means you learn more things faster, therefore actually getting what you desire more often with no strings attached. (laughs) Strings like self-esteem, eh? Indeed, this is about severing the umbilical cord connecting your everyday outcomes to your worth as a person, also known as self-esteem. Bleh, okay? Kicking self-esteem to the curb and fostering self-respect, which you'll learn about in the coming lessons. This is how you most effectively learn from your mistakes and get better, also known as Dr. Cashy's resilience response. boop a Okay, okay. <laughs> so here's what you're learning. Whiteboard of wisdom is back. Here's what you're learning. That understanding self is a requirement to understand self-esteem. And Dr. Cashy's biased interpretation of a humanistic philosophy of self, okay? Number two, self-esteem affects your personality randomly, intensely, and negatively. Mm. And that mistakes are a vital nutrient to learning. Self-esteem means you damn yourself for making mistakes, or even damn yourself at the idea of making mistakes, thus blocking the absorption of that vital nutrient to learning. Therefore, self-esteem is a learning disability. And self-respect is the cure. For sure. That is the premise. This is the premise, right? Oh yeah, throw down a hashtag ego. Throw down a hashtag ego if you've ever made a mistake and thought you were a mistake because you made a mistake. Heck, even throw down a hashtag ego if you've ever done a good thing, you've done the goodness, and then thought, well, I did the goodness, therefore I am the goodness. (laughs) You'll find out in a few minutes that they are the same thing. They're the same thing that one often leads to the other and they feed off each other, but the history of humanity quickly shows that the negatives outweigh the positives and fast. (laughs) This series is what you can do about it, namely the kicking of self-esteem to the curb and cultivating self-respect instead. (sighs) Music to the old ears. (laughs) So put on your critical thinking caps, it's philosophy time, it's philosophy time. The human ego, the human ego, or the self part of self-esteem, is hilariously vague. It's one of those terms where everyone agrees that it exists and what it is. And if you ask, if you ask a crowd of a thousand people, everyone would be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, yeah, whatever. Uh, but then if you ask them about it one-on-one, practically all the answers are different 
or they are the same in their vagueness. <laughs> okay? Speaking from experience, despite the comfort of residing in Vagueville, the ego or self or whatever term you want to use, ego is the most common Freudian term, as it were, uh, it gets treated when it's convenient, when it's convenient for the person as an obvious and concrete entity. Even though it's vague and weird and ephemeral, uh, when it's convenient, it becomes a solid thing that then you can do things to and for. For example, if you follow your plan perfectly, you might think, yay, I am a good person and destined for greatness, Whoops. okay? And if you goof on your plan, you might tell yourself, I'm a freaking idiot. Of course I'm a fat piece of garbage. It makes perfect sense, because I'm an idiot. Who's a fat piece of garbage? Hmm, this is a problem. <laughs> and it's high time to solve it. <laughs> to deal with the self-esteem disease properly, you'd better get that pesky definition of self out of the way first. Whiteboard of wisdom number two, okay? So here, here is what we know. Here is what we know. Quotes, quoting McQuoterson. One, you exist. Two, you have a beating heart. You are alive. Three, you have awareness at some level of yourself and your environment. And four, you make decisions based on that perceived awareness. One and two, your existence and your aliveness create your humanity, your humanness. Mm. Three and four, your awareness of yourself and the environment and your decisions coming from that awareness create your uniqueness. You might call it something like personality, okay? So, humanity plus personality makes a person. Pretty cool, right? Therefore, your humanity plus your humanity equals self, okay? Your humanity plus your personality equals self, all right? When you assign a value to or rate the self, you rate globally as a person in its entirety, and that gets you into trouble. You've probably experienced this trouble before. Practically every human has. <laughs> You perniciously wrap up your personality, three and four, into your humanity, one and two. Here is why that's a problem. One and two, your humanity, practically speaking, is a fixed entity. You will always be human in your humanness. Three and four, also known in this context as your personality, is a modifiable entity, relatively. You learn new things, and change the way you act based on what you learn. Hmm. When you rate yourself or others as people, then you are assigning a value to all four of these points at the same time. And this is absurd because these interactions are just too gosh darn complicated to rate as a whole by golly gee willikers. Hmm. You are rating a modifiable entity, three and four, and a practically fixed entity, one and two. Therefore, when you rate a fixed entity, or something that includes a fixed entity as bad, then this practically permanent entity is now bad in its entirety, and since it is practically permanent, that means it is permanently bad. <sighs> this has long-term implications with your awareness, three, that your, your awareness of that rating and your decisions based on that rating, Four, hmm, 
In other words, changing the rating of a person, yourself, as it were, changes your personality, three and four, to reflect that rating of one and two. <laughs> this is the danger of self-esteem. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? The same applies for having esteem of others, okay? The same applies for having esteem of others. Let's go to the, the ipid. Ooh, here we go, the ipid. If another person goofs up, if another person goofs up and you rate them as a good or a bad person, like that, that he is stupid, but really it's a person who did a stupid thing, but you say he is stupid. Well, then you will act as if that person is stupid. That's essentially what that means. If a man cuts you off in traffic, if a man cuts you off in traffic, stimulus, and you make yourself hostile and aggressive, if you make yourself hostile and aggressive about it, the space between us and our stimulus and response, the perpetrator, practically speaking, is now a permanent bad label here. Typically something like stupid a-hole, okay? This means that when you see that stupid a-hole at the store later in the day, where you, you know, just happen to run into him, that's some luck, right? You immediately start telling yourself rigid and absolute distorted stories about him and his life as soon as you see him. Here, at your beliefs about this person, okay? As soon as you see him, you start structuring your belief system around this person. That's what that means. For instance, once you've established your beliefs about this person as a stupid a-hole, you now have, ugh, that guy has to be blind. It's the only explanation. It's impossible for somebody to be that stupid, right? This is, this is culminating here. Or, and then next, or, and, or next would be, oh, he has a ring? He's married? How can anybody love him? He's reckless. He must be married to a trophy wife. Or he's definitely wearing that ring to attract hussies. And or he has kids too? Those kids must be just as dumb. How terrifying. How terrifying. How horrifying. How awful. And finally, you may even see him as deserving of bad things or want to do foolish things to him. He should just veer off the road and hit a telephone pole before he definitely kills somebody. If he gets any closer, I'm gonna spit at him and tell him what for, okay? Those thoughts, those attitudes, those urges, they of course change the way you respond to this person. All based off of these rigid and absolute beliefs that you form as a result of this, the, this one action, right? Of this action, you judged him as a person. And those affect the way you respond. <laughs> so, your personality and beliefs around that person changes your belief system, along with your tolerance to frustration around that person, which then you end up cashing in, possibly on your urges to respond at R, and, you in, and that indubitably affects your outcome Where's the indubitable glass? Oh no, here it is. That indubitably, mm, indubitably affects your outcome in O, which oftentimes really spins people out. Aha, okay? Seems ridiculous, right? You're right, it is. And that's almost exactly how people act. Wanna know something even scarier? If you do that to other people, then you definitely do it to yourself. 
And the opposite is also true. If you beat the living crap out of yourself every time you goof, well, then you do it to other people too. Even if you mean other things, maybe you do it and, it, and it's just you're oblivious to it or ignorant that it happens. Hmm. Imagine the implications of treating yourself that way every time you made a mistake. Many people do. <laughs> Many people do. Maybe you know what that's like. And if you do, then good. That's what these lessons are for. Indeed, the same thing happens for people you rate as good. It's far easier to tell yourself stories and build beliefs around that person because they are a good person. Therefore, whatever they are doing must be true and have good reasons for it. You see, those rigid absolutisms that you tell yourself carry over, which does sensitize you to frustration. It still lowers your tolerance to frustration. Why? Because you make these rigid absolutisms that are positive about this good person. And then when they are... Where is it? When they're indubitably violated, <laughs> it's even more insulting. It still lowers your tolerance to frustration either way and causes you to spin out eventually. If you knew the man cutting you off and you saw him as a good person before it happened, then, well, maybe he sneezed and his elbow hit the wheel. True story. <laughs> maybe his child is choking. Maybe he just goofed up and was scared to miss the exit by a silly mis because of a silly mistake. Should have gotten over earlier. Oops, it's coming. Your personality around that person changes when you form those beliefs. So what the heck does this have to do with learning disabilities? Good question. For an otherwise healthy person, just about everything. <sighs> Self-esteem is when you, when you value the entity, in this case, you, based on an outcome. I am a good or smart or worth it under condition X or I am bad or stupid or a turd burglar under condition Y or all the above. Self-respect is when you value the action, in this case, what you do based on the outcome. Hmm. Excellent, doing X got a good result. Makes sense to keep doing it. Or well, X was the wrong decision, noted. I'll try Y next time. Which person has a self-inflicted learning disability? Which person learns more? Self-esteem is, I must act perfectly, and if I get it right, I'm a genius, and if I fail, I'm a waste of time. Self-respect is, I prefer to be perfect, but I know making mistakes is more than the part of the learning process. It's a requirement. It's a requirement. Self-esteem means you're too scared to make mistakes or exceptionally hard on yourself when you do make them so hard on yourself that it causes a frustrating stimulus at S. That means you've blocked the, the, you blocked the absorption of the vital nutrient for learning. Therefore, self-esteem is a learning disability. Self-respect is the cure. If you have an awesome bicycle and get a flat tire, does that mean A, it is now a crappy bike, or B, it is an awesome bike that got a flat tire? Hmm? A person previously holding the bike in high esteem would throw the bike away because, well, the bike is garbage now. Maybe you've experienced things like this. A person with respect for the bike would replace the tube and polymer coat the inside of the tire, preventing punctures in the future. Hmm. Which person disabled their learning? Which person learned and achieved and will get further? That is the difference between self-esteem and self-respect. So here's what you've learned. Here's what you've learned. An understanding that self, 
An understanding of self is, is a requirement to understand self-esteem. That self-esteem impacts your personality randomly, intensely, and negatively. And that mistakes are a vital ingredient, a vital nutrient to learning. And self-esteem blocks the absorption of that vital nutrient to learning. Therefore, self-esteem is a learning disability and self-respect. The premise is that self-respect is the cure. So if this resonated with you, throw it on hashtag ego. If you're interested in kicking self-esteem to the curb and cultivating self-respect instead, this series is what you can do about it. Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out!